0: Hi, this is Gil Moore and I'm here with my buddy Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks. happening it is jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast hope you're doing well hope you're staying safe glad that you are tuning in once again don't forget we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts you can find all different types of podcasts on the Pantheon Network, all different types of music-related podcasts. I always mention my friends, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Martin Popoff, The Rock Historium, The Hanging and Bangin' Podcast with a piece or Vinny Apice and Carmen piece as well as Tom and Zeus from the number one rated KISS podcast, shout out Loudcast, Decibel Geek, Mac from the ugly American werewolf in London across the pond. So tune in to him as well as many others. So check all those out and don't forget to follow Pantheon podcast on social media at Pantheon ponds. Don't forget to follow the hook rocks wherever you podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple or Amazon, we are available on every platform and set your app to automatic download. So you get the latest episode. Whenever we do drop one, you're you can keep up to date with all our new music spotlights, our music, commentary and our legacy interviews we've had some great stuff happening lately we just interviewed joe satriani mark tremonte ty Taber from king's x as well as scott gorham from thin lizzie and some great new music spotlights over the past couple of months with bestet six cents chains over razors and kurt dimer as well as the georgia thunderbolts and joyous wolf we've got to have the pleasure of seeing them over the past weekend here Uh, When we are recording this, they're great live bands. So check all those out, as well as some of our music commentary. We did our annual quarterly episode where we rank the top 10 episodes of the quarter, January through March, with some help from our Groove Council friends. So check that out. Gives you a good indication of what we're listening to and what new music is out there. I know a lot of people think that new music is hard to find. It is, but that's why we like to help you out. So check that out. We also just dropped the live album review of Kiss Alive, our fourth installment of that with the Recividus, Robin the Hood. We've done Live After Death, Iron Maiden, Rockin' the Fillmore by Humble Pie, and of course, our first episode, Live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy. So check that out, as well as many other episodes on the Hook Rocks. We're approaching 400 we should probably hit that between June and July our three-year anniversary is coming up at the end of June so there's a lot for you to listen to a lot for you to check out like our episode today it's a band that's been on my radar for a while great band that uh, definitely keeps the the legacy of rock and roll going it's a great emerging band the band is Native Sons and my guests are Ashton Blake and JT Shea what's going on man how are you?
1: doing great thanks for having us on the show jay
2: awesome yeah, doing
0: good awesome glad to have you guys on man the new single that you guys just dropped is absolutely fantastic uh it was kind of funny i was i've been listening to it and your publicist reached out to me and i'm like she's like this might be a band you might be interested in having on. i'm like absolutely Absolutely. So the new single is Drama. Get that on all your streaming services. We're going to get to know Native Sons on this episode today, but we always begin like we do with every episode we have when we have a first-time guest on the show. And that is really what we're all about on The Hook Rocks. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock band has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hook them on rock and roll. What was it for you guys?
2: Uh, For me, it was the video game Guitar Hero. Um, I used to play that when I was a little kid, and that just—that's what hooked me on rock and roll. Because I got all those great rock bands on there, and yeah, that's what it was for me.
1: I guess uh, for me, it would be—you know—rock and roll for for me it was probably, you know, listening to my stepdad's record collection, the Rolling Stones, and then, because I, I lived out in the country where we didn't have a lot of, you know, we didn't have internet, and, you know, we all I had at my disposal was, you know, old records, some of them skipped, but uh, then, then he gave me this VHS of Black Sabbath, and it was Black Sabbath on tour from 19, you know, late 1960s all the way to 1981 when Ozzy left the band. I think that's when rock and roll for me was like, I want to be, you know, I want to do what he's doing right there. You know, Ozzy and, and Tony Iommi and, and all them. them. Uh, so I guess that was the moment for me is like, you know, watching that, that VHS tape.
0: As far as moving forward with you guys and, and hearing, you know, in, in your case, Ashton, you know, the classic rock, the albums, JT with you, it was Guitar Hero, it was, All that, you know, all that information, you know, technology was really important for a lot of people. You're not the first band that's mentioned that. So it's kind of interesting how different generations have their different uh, gateways to rock and roll. But where did it go from there? When did it become something that you guys wanted to do and be on stage?
1: Well, I guess for me, uh, you know, I was always uh, a part of, you know, the choir and, 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 uh, you know, I was, I was in choir in my high school, uh, which I did that for two years. And then, you know, I was all the time throwing shows in my hometown, uh, cause there wasn't, there wasn't anything else to do. Um, so I guess it's just always been something I've wanted to do. Um, now I guess I can't really think back of like to the very moment that I was like, you know, um, you know, that it was a, I guess, a viable thing for me. But I guess, um, you know, as far as touring and everything, I was 19 years old when I stepped out and, you know, I moved, you know, three states away to be in a rock band. And we ended up being a house band for, uh, we were an original rock band. We were a house band for a place called Planet Rock in in Battle Creek, Michigan, which is now called the Music Factory. Uh, But that's probably what kind of, after after doing that, you know, for so long and being out there and, and experiencing different things, for me, that was probably what kicked it off for me.
2: Yeah, I didn't really have, like, a specific moment that was like, wow, I want to do this. I want to be on stage. It just, it was kind of a natural progression from, you know, I just started getting into the music through Guitar Hero and all that. And I started playing guitar and it just kind of all went from there.
0: Was there ever a band or performance that you guys saw that kind of blew you away and really kind of solidified that path into rock and roll?
1: Um, I I think for me it was, uh, you know, seeing, it was actually an original band that probably not a lot of people uh, remember, but it was, it was a band called Modern Superstar uh some friends of mine, I I became good friends with those guys and and just seeing them on stage and seeing what they were able to do, you know, even on the the level they were at was it was really cool to to see somebody, you know, working up in the industry. And I think that several of the members had been in past projects. Uh but just getting to just seeing seeing I guess original music on stage. It was something new and it wasn't just like, you know, the Bon Jovi's of the world, I guess. Uh, that's that's probably that's probably it for me.
2: Yeah, so kind of a similar thing for me. It's there's a band called Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, Fantastic. and I saw them when I was in high school, probably. And I think that kind of showed me that you know there are these bands that aren't like these huge like legends that are being successful in the music industry, and you know he's a killer guitar player. So just seeing that really made me. Made me kind of showed me that I could maybe do it if I wanted.
0: I agree. I've seen Tyler a couple times, and his show is is phenomenal. I mean, that's a it's the whole band, absolutely. You know, know, beam you know performers. I mean, their drummer comes out to the front of the stage a couple times per show, and it's just electric when you see him. Absolutely. You mentioned you know playing original music and hearing bands play original music which inspired you we live in the age where bars are hiring cover bands and people want to go out and hear music familiar how much of a challenge how much more difficult does that make it for you guys personally being an original band uh, you know to build an audience
1: well I think um, for for me it's been a it's been a challenge to to think of how can I build an audience organically and not have to rely on, um, you know, doing covers. I, I was in a in a cover band uh, for many years. It was an acoustic duo, but it just, you know, even even cover bands don't really draw as many people as you would think. Um, but they're just, a, I guess, a sure bet uh, for some of the some of the clubs. Um, but there's, I think, there still is a a want and a need, and I've seen it it uh, more escalate in the last probably two years for original music, you know, Detroit's really good. We've been able to build up a good following in Detroit, as well as uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, actually didn't warm up to me as an artist till probably this band. Um, And just kind of, you know, I guess they say, you know, you're never a a prophet in your own hometown, but I was, I've got out and I ventured around and, you know, I did, you know, I toured around and I gained contact. So it's all in and all it's all in who you know and where you are and it's about being in the right place at the right time. And even then, you know, you've got to have the, the talent and drive and determination to match it. So it's like, you know, I I think that you know there's there's a lot of people that you know their their complaints are, are warranted, but if you really if you really want to be an original band, you can create opportunities for yourself.
0: It is interesting though. I mean, the dynamic has changed in so many different ways in, in rock music, you know, whether it's the, the, you know, the invention of social media and the presence that you need to have, you know, and and you, you look at bands like yourself, right. You know, I interview so many bands and, you guys just want to play rock and roll you guys just want to do you know get up on stage kick some ass and release some really good music it's got to be difficult to kind of shift gears and and be part of social media and interact with your fans and you know being able to have that personal presence that everybody craves now because years ago there was like that wall right there was that wall of mystery um of secrecy where very few got to you know, peek behind the curtain. And now it's, it's, it's a must. When you guys are planning your approach to a single or to an album, what thought process goes into that?
1: Well, I would say that the thought process in drama, you know, we, we had actually recorded it months ahead uh, and we had done the video probably uh, you know, we were we were promoting the single and the video while making the video, so it's like none of the things that you go to do are inclusive. To okay, I need to focus on just this. You got to learn to multitask. So you got to you know mix and master the CD at the same time as recording the video at the same time as you know finding that person who's going to master the the video because video is very important as well. You know, and you're right, the social media aspect of it is is. Uh, you know, it's a it's a must, but it's an echo chamber. So you've got to think of some other things and other ways to get your music out there, hiring a publicist, hiring, you know, different people, you know, putting money into social medias, but learning where to put your money into social media and knowing your target audience is probably the most important thing that you can do as an independent artist with no record label. And if even if you have a record label, most record labels aren't going to push you as hard as you're going to push yourself you know, no one's going to put the work in like you will. So you've got to either make or break yourself.
0: It's it's an interesting view how each band takes care of this. Right. You know, sometimes bands assign different roles to different band members. You know, the drummer is the, the drummer and he's also the the you know, the Facebook guy and the singer is the Instagram guy or whatever, whoever does it. It's just an interesting way because you really have to love what you do. You know, I mean, I I think every musician loves what they do, but in order to put the work in, in order to put those blood, sweat and tears, you know, people used to talk about going up and down neighborhoods and, and stapling flyers to telephone poles. Well, that doesn't happen anymore, but it's almost the same type of attitude. It's just now online.
1: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, it's that like me, I'm the social media guy. I'm the, the guy that drives the van. I'm the guy who books some of the shows. You know, I think engagement is very, it's very important being having something to say to people. That's not just, you know, Hey, we're playing here. You know, they want to see more into you than just, you know, content that you're trying to sell. So it's more about being personable at the same time as being a professional as, you know, I guess a professional business because music is a business, you know. Um, But, you know, there's I guess there's a lot of musicians and not a lot of businessmen. So I guess, you know, my my advice to new musicians would be, you know, learn the business (laughs) at the same time as learning your instrument.
0: How tough is that? How tough is it to learn a business? Is it observing what other bands are doing, talking with other musicians and what they do? Is it kind of like this didn't work, let's try this, you know, just kind of throwing anything up against the wall? How does yeah, it work for you guys?
1: It's it's a trial and error thing. I mean, you know, I I've, I've been doing this since I was 19. I'm 28 now. Uh, I've had a lot of experience on in what to do and what not to do, watching other people, you know, being everybody learns differently. So, you know, it's like me, I've, I've been able to observe people and watch and see what they do. Um, You know, but a lot of it is trial and error. I would say, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I've had, I've had some mentors that come into my life. They're like, you know, Hey, you should really do this or, you know, Hey, this hasn't worked for me. Um, You know, this record label is really going to work for you, or this one probably isn't. This is the deal that you're, wanting to do but in the end you've got to you know you've got to surround yourself with a good team of people because you can't just do it all yourself like we we have music lawyers pr guys uh you know even if you're the social media guy great but if you're not good at social media you need to outsource that to someone you trust and that is passionate about it you know every everything costs money but uh so it's easier to do it on your own You know, like making flyers and graphic arts, uh, definitely, you know, learning trade skills like that will make it a lot cheaper on you if you don't have a lot of money in putting, you know, in putting a band on the road. Like I I have, you know, I I come from a very poor background, so it's like I had to find clever ways on how to, you know, create something from nothing.
0: And it's always important too. the most important thing is the music, right? I mean, nothing goes forward, you know, unless you have good music and people want to hear it. That's the most important thing. And playing out live is is important. Playing festivals, playing wherever you can play. What's your approach to that? What's your approach to kind of having boots on the ground for Native Sons?
1: As far as like going to booking shows and booking
0: shows and playing live
1: playing live oh you know we get together every now and then and and practice the stage show um you know we it's very much about the music though you know it's it's not you know we're not we're not kiss in the way that we choreograph every move of every you know every step but there is there is blocking to be to consider so the guitar player doesn't run into the singer and the bass player isn't you know doing a spin while i'm you know doing what i'm supposed to be doing and then hits me in the head you know it's it's so there's we've got to be organized we try to stay organized and it, and we put the music first you know i know it talks a lot about the business side of things because that is an overwhelming part of you know the music industry but at the end of the day you've got to relax and sit down and and write the music as far as booking we do have an agent uh, you know several people that that help us out book shows and i i book shows as well you know so it's like i guess you know Breaking in all of the, the the connections that I've made over the past five years uh, in different states has really helped. You know, uh, past record labels. Uh, you know, the one that we were just on has helped as well. Uh, so it's it's just a it's a collection of things.
0: As far as the music goes, you've got the single out drama, and you're preparing for an album that will come out later this year. Um, What was the approach to this, to the music with the new single and the new album coming?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think Jay can can reiterate this, but it's, you know, me and Jay, uh, you know, we demo the songs together. Like we create the basis of the songs and everyone else puts their own spin on the demos we create. So it's like, me and him or it's easier for the guitar player and the singer to get, get together that kind of Steve Perry or Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, or, you know, the, the dynamic duo stuff. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, working, working closely with Jay has been, has been, a, a godsend. Uh, you know, it's, I write a lot of lyrics and melodies where he writes a lot of the music,
2: yeah, it comes together real <clears throat> real naturally with with you and I. Um, when we come into a writing session, we usually don't come into it with ideas. We will just come together and we'll come up with everything on the spot. That's how almost every song that's going to be on this album has come together, which I've never written with someone where it comes together like that. It's always, we start with, you know, we come into a session with ideas we've already written. But so it's it's a little different, but it's it's fun writing like this. It's a little more spontaneous, and and it's really cool.
0: When you guys meet, you know, for an album like this, when when was when was this written, and, and uh, was there any differences with this recording process this time around than things you've done in the past?
1: Well, this this uh, this single and and the album that we're writing right now, we have six songs recorded. It was recorded in January of this year. Uh, so drama was very much a new song. You know, we've had it probably about in our hands, probably about two months, you know, past, uh, you know, like Jay said, it's all very spontaneous. Uh, so it's kind of just that staying conscious, conscious of, uh, you know, just getting into the studio, pushing ourselves to get the new music out, because in the past we've been we've been through several member changes because, you know, I've, I've explained this on on past interviews, but you know, the original members COVID hit; they couldn't do it. You know, music business isn't for everyone, so this was about getting our sound out. You know, it's it's similar to the, what the old sound is, but it's going to be very much heavier, more raw, more spontaneous. I feel like we're we're not we're we're in our best writing. Uh, you know. I guess it's just it's a, it's the writing's a little more mature, um, so not that the the last album was bad, but just that it's this is going to be different. I think uh, it's a little bit of the same, but a, a lot different as well.
0: How does that sound come out? Is it is it organic? Are you are you guys? Do you guys have a sound or a tone in your head that you're trying to capture? How does that work for you guys?
2: No, it's it's I I wouldn't say there's like a tone in my head that I'm trying to capture. It's just, it's real natural. It's just, you know, like I say, like we, when we come into our sessions, it's not like we're coming in with ideas or anything. We just like, whatever comes out is is what we write. And it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain really, but, but yeah.
1: I I find that, you know, writing, like even me, like, I don't come into it with lyrics at all. Like drama. I didn't, I didn't have any lyrics whatsoever. You know, it's, we kind of just laid it out as it is. And, you know, it took us probably about three or four hours to write drama, um, you know, to demo it. And then it was just getting it to the studio. So me and Jay write really quickly together. We've probably got, you know, 24 songs in the last three months, uh, that we've, you know, demoed. So we've got six songs fully recorded, ready to mix the master and, and probably about 15 more to, to 20 more, uh, songs ready to, to be demoed to the rest of the band, you know, but not every song, you know, writing spontaneous like that, you know, you're, you know, I guess not every song's a, a hit, I guess, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more spontaneous, more, uh, raw and real, I think than um uh, just trying to be like, okay, I wanna I want this album to sound like, you know, something Van Halen did, or I want it to sound like a collection of everybody. It's kind of just us. You know, it's not I I don't go into it with any predetermination of what the album should be. It's just gonna be what it's what it is.
0: When you're finding that so- sound that defines us, you know, as you say, um have you found it? I mean, is this album indicative of, of what you guys want to sound like, or are you still being influenced and, and are are you still developing it?
1: I think a a band is always developing their sound. You know, it's, you're never, you never want to, I guess, if you feel like you're you're in your comfort zone and you're just like killing it, then you're really not, you know, it's like, so I think that, right now the sound is where we want to be you know is it where we're going to end up in the long run you know 10 15 years from now probably not you know faster pussycat don't sound like they did back in the 80s they're they're writing stuff a little raw and real now you know not that their old stuff wasn't good cuz i i love their old stuff but you know their newer stuff is is uh different from their older stuff so i think that a band is always constantly growing and constantly uh, you know, adapting as a band. But I really think that, that the sound we have right now, it definitely makes me feel warm inside to know that this is the direction Native Sons is going.
0: What were some of the challenges you you guys had over the last couple of years? You mentioned some original members are no longer in the band. Obviously, COVID affected people differently. And, you know, being in a band, it's it's kind of hard to maintain a lifestyle. And some people, you know, need to, you know, put food in the mouths of their family and themselves. And how did that change and and, and how did you guys deal with that?
1: So, you know, in the beginning, this record, the record that was before uh, the one that we're doing now, the last one, the natives are restless was actually recorded under a different band name in 2018 with all the members that are listed on the album. The, we, we shelved the album for a little bit and then somewhere around right before the pandemic hit, we decided to, you know, we're going to try to uh, pick it back up and, and see if we can't release it. My idea was to only release the last album just to get it out there to say that I had an album out. Um, you know, so the label picked it up and then COVID hit and they were like, you know, okay. All the rest of the band members pretty much dipped. Uh, they were pretty much like, you know, we got to go back and feed our families. So we ended up having to put a whole new band together, just to release the album. And I thought, you know, Hey, if, you know, I guess like a lot of bands uh, around COVID, they're like, if, even if I just get this album out, I've done something. Um, there's not a lot of records are being released during COVID or, or at least I didn't think so. Um, you know, but, once we released it, you know, we we did a we ended up having to have a, a double CD release party in the same in our hometown. And then, you know, that kind of sparked a fire where everybody was wanting to tour everywhere. And we ended up touring almost every single weekend for since, uh, I guess, June to uh, November. Um, but in between that time and what we've got now is. um what we got now is the, the members, you know, it's, they either couldn't tour or, you know, somewhere in college, so they couldn't tour. Uh, You know, some members didn't know what it took to be on the road and, you know, not, it's not all five-star hotel rooms and caviar. It's bologna sandwiches and roach motels sometimes, especially when you're coming up in the industry and then, you know, we got, we, we hit a bunch of, uh, streak of good luck, you know, um, and then I ended up finding these guys, Jay. He was in a band here in, in our, in our hometown and he was really killing it on the guitar. And, uh, he brought a, he brought a really, uh, unique, uh, approach to, you know, our sound. And then finding Jim Quiggins and Mike Little and Victor, it's kind of just the band kind of just slowly, formed into this rock group that you see now and with drama. I really feel like we have a really good group of guys uh, behind us now. But there has been a lot of, you know, between, you know, our our label CEO and president passed away uh, sometime in the mid-year. I think it was September. Then, you know, my family members passing away, my grandma and then my grandpa, uh, they passed away around the, the same time. So it was really hard to be on the road and you know cuz most of these calls I get while I'm on the road, you know, it's like it's, when when home's calling it it's it's probably uh rarely a, a a good thing. Um but we we keep those people in our in our hearts and our spirits and in the music.
0: You know, when you mention playing playing, you know, live and playing for anybody you can and going to these different places, and rock and roll has has been suffering for a while. And and prior to the pandemic, people were worried about its relevancy, and I think there is some some uh, some questions about that still. Questions about that still remain. But I feel even during the pandemic, rock and roll is starting to have a resurgence. As far as you guys in your outlook on things, how important is it for you to, to be concerned about that versus just playing the music where you can and pl- and making new music that people want to listen to?
2: That's a good uh, question. I'm not concerned about it. I think good music is good music and people are going to listen to it no matter what. I mean, and I, I, I don't think rock and roll was ever, you know, on the verge of dying. Like people say, I think it's always been, been relevant at, you know that it's it's never not been relevant i guess is is what i'm saying there's always been great rock bands and i think they're pretty much always will be
1: i think uh you know adding to that um for for your your late 30s and early 40s year olds rock and roll has been non-existent um, at least the rock and roll that we know and love the, the, the 60s, 70s and 80s style, you know, the, the hard hitting rock. I guess the 90s really put a, a depressing, uh, stamp on rock and roll and into some degree. I, I, not to say all of the 90s were depressing because you, you had bands like, uh, you know, Blind Melon who were, were not as depressing as, you know, I guess Nirvana was. Um, but it, it's just that age group. I'm seeing now that you're you're yeah, you have a lot of older guys who grew up in the 80s and the 70s and 80s who are really liking the new rock and roll. But you have this influx of, you know, 18 to 25 year olds that are just all about rock and roll. They're buying the T-shirts. They're going to shows like Detroit. We had probably 100, 100 or 200 people there. And I would say that little over half were all young people like the that's who the rock bands are all young guys. And like, yeah, you still have your, you know, your older bands like Fozzie still doing it. And, you know, I guess uh, the dead daisies, but you have a lot of these young, younger bands. Um, I would say that, that the problem with rock and roll and in the last few years is that um, people, people with money can, can rise a lot faster. Uh, than people with no money and usually the people with money I'm not going to say that they aren't talented but it's just it does I don't know it's uh it's just uh I'm not going to say that you know because there there is there is a lot of people out there that are talented but it's like it's it's a lot harder to get up uh, over a hump and and to get into people's ears and eyes and that's why I talked about having a team together, getting getting people like your PR agents and your your lawyers and your booking agents behind you. Uh, And it's it's enticing those people. Uh, But rock and roll is not dead. And I don't think it's ever been suffering. It's just it's just, you know, music rotates in the light, you know, mainstream music. It, it focuses on one genre at a time, and I think it's it's whipping back to rock and roll here here very soon.
0: I see that happening, you know, and, and I, I still think though that you know the popularity of rock music has waned. And when I meet when I talk about relevancy, I talk about you know, the willingness for you know people to put a rock song in a commercial or you know promote new bands. And I think it's just it's been a challenge over the last several years. But I do think there is hope on the horizon. I think there's a lot of new great bands out there, uh, great new bands, I should say. Uh, and I think it's slowly turning. I think the tide is slowly turning back to it, like you said. As as far as making music and you know being a blues-based rock band is kind of what you guys do, how do you feel about people trying to redefine
2: what rock music is. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I, I think it's cool for, to, for the bands that are being innovative and, and redefining what rock is. Um You know, I think that, that native sons is a band that that is kind of doing something different and, and maybe not redefining what rock music is, but um I don't know. It's, it. it I guess it's something I have, mixed feelings on. I I like a lot of bands that are kind of pushing the genre forward, but I'm also really into like the classic sound. So I don't know. It's cool.
1: I I would say that my, my take on the bands that are redefining rock and roll. um, I've always been, I've always been one of those. that's like, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about support your local businesses. And it's like, the more you go see, I guess one of my friends said, you know, if you're only going to see Bon Jovi and you call yourself a music supporter and you're only going to see Molly Crew and Bon Jovi are not a music supporter, um, you are buying into the conglomerates of rock and roll or, or music in itself. Um, I think it's great. I think we need to move past a lot of a lot of what, you know, the, the 70s and 80s were. A lot of people are like, oh. You know, Greta von Fleet sounds too much like Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin's singer is like 70, almost 80 years old. He's not going to be around here much longer. You know, it's, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, it needs, it needs, I think it's time for the sound to come right, you know, around again. It's time for, you know, new bands to get out there and people to, I guess try to accept them because that's the only way that rock is going to continue. That's the only way that the music that they know and love is going to continue. And I I give credit to a lot of people, you know, like uh, I guess uh, Bradley, he's doing something called Masquerade. He's got a lot of new bands on his stuff. Larry Moran from Monsters of Rock Cruise. he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. He has those old bands, but he also has new, new bands and new music. And that's what he's about is, you know, furthering rock and roll—not not so much the nostalgia, but just being—you know—paying tribute to the old the old rock and roll while bringing in some new talent. And I think that's I think that's what's gonna uh, what's gonna benefit a lot of musicians in the long run is all of us helping each other out and you know just digging deep and and trying to reinvent sounds you know, whether it be subconsciously or consciously.
0: What about the Machine Gun Kelly's? And what about that style that's now considered rock music? You know, <laughs> you know that, that, that's really what I'm talking about is like every time there's an award show or every time they're classifying an album, it's like they're stretching the definition of rock music to include music that really isn't rock music.
1: Yeah, I, I guess the Machine Gun Kellys of the world, and it's it's just like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't know what music is. I don't think like they, I you know, God lover Dolly Parton turned down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they pretty much just looked at her and was like, hey, she's flashy, and you know, she looked. They just looked at her career. It's you know, someone said that people listen with their eyes, not their ears, and I think that's what you know the rock and roll hall of fame does it's like machine gun kelly looks like you know a young version of tommy lee he's got tattoos all over him he's he's rock and roll man and it's it seems to be more of like a a a term to use to a certain style rather than a certain kind of music and i almost wonder what you know I, I don't think that it hurts rock and roll at all. I think that people can define whatever they want, but Machine Gun Kelly is not rock and roll. I don't. I've haven't, I haven't listened to any of the new albums he had, but I'm pretty sure he's a rap artist. Um, that's what I would classify him as. But if he if he ends up doing a rock album, then he's a rock star. You know, it's it it just depends on what he's doing you know, in the, in the music industry, whether he's should be considered rock or not. Like I, my, my friend said, you know, it's, it's almost like it's 1987 or 1978 and disco's King. Like everybody's, you know, everybody's listening to the raps and the, and you know, the rap music and the uh, pop music. And it's like, it's almost oversaturated so much that it feels fake almost like the end of the eighties where the hair metal seemed fake a little bit because you had just this influx of musicians, you know, rat popped up. And then there was a billion, you know, bands that popped up that sounded a little bit like rat. They didn't go anywhere, but it's like rat is rat. You know, you can't re- replicate that sound. Motley Crue is Motley crew. And, and there's, I think it comes around every generation where this influx of music hits its peak. And I think that's what we're seeing is, you know, the industry doesn't really know what to classify this music. And we, that we call rock and roll, you know, they're, they have a, an altered reality of what rock music is, I think.
2: So I guess after I've thought about it here for a second, the the machine gun Kelly's of the world, it's not really my cup of tea, but I think that that, people like that being classified as rock artists has probably helped rock music a lot because I think that's, what's turned a lot of these young people onto rock music. You know, they get into machine gun Kelly or whoever, and you know, they're like, Oh, this is rock music. And then they might go back and listen to what we would probably consider real rock music. So not my cup of tea, but probably good for the genre overall.
0: What excites you guys about this new album?
2: Um, I think that we have a lot of great songs. Um, it's a lot of music that I'm really proud of. Some of the best music I've written. So I'm excited about it.
1: I would say uh, what excites me about the new album is, you know, I would say it's, uh, you know, getting, I feel like the first album, I was very, I was very held back uh, vocally. You know, we had a producer that, you know, I use a lot of you mentioned that we were a lot of blues rock and i i don't i don't really i wouldn't classify us as blues rock because we're not a, a blues band i guess um we have a we have bluesy sounds well it's blues,
0: based. Blues people, it's blues bass there's not band it's yeah yeah
1: um but some people have been like oh y'all are southern rock and I, I don't even i don't i don't feel like we we fit into leonard skinner's genre either but um what excites me about the new album is getting you know getting to to lay down something that feels more like me um, more, you know, the way I am today. Cause this, this album was created, you know, in 2018, you know, four years, four or five years ago. Um, I'm terrible with, with, with time. <laughs> um, so forgive me if that's, if that's uh, off, but um, you know, I, I feel like it, it's going to define the singer I am today.
0: As far as the music, when can we expect the new album out?
1: I would say that you could probably expect Native Sons to put out another album around August, if not August, then October.
0: And what are you guys going to be doing this summer? Where are you guys playing at? I know you guys are playing at the Southgate House, which is a phenomenal place to play.
1: Yes, we are. We are playing at the Southgate House. We've got we've got dates all over the place. Uh, we're going to be in Texas. Uh, I think San Antonio, Houston. Uh, we're going back to Detroit probably two more times this year. Uh, we try not to oversaturate ourselves in, in one area. You know, we're going to be in Nebraska. We're going to be in Nashville. Um, trying, we're trying to get back to Atlanta. Um, so it's, we're going to be all over the place, Maryland, ocean city. Uh, there's still some dates that, uh, we, we haven't announced yet. Cause, uh, we're going to, we're waiting on the promoters to announce them. I think they're going to announce them sometime in June. Uh, but the, there's a new Nashville show that should be announced this week. Uh, Southgate, I'm really, really excited to be a part of that. Um, you know, we we were supposed to be there last year. Um, but things, that was right around the time that the the CEO and president had passed away. So we ended up having to reschedule that uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, now, now we're back and, and we're going to be, uh, you know, playing the Southgate House Revival. It's a great venue.
0: I can't wait. I love, the, I love you guys' uh, music. I love the first single, Drama. It just It's an absolute uh, banger, and I uh, can't wait uh, for more new material. Is there a new single going to be coming out soon, or is, when can we expect that?
1: We are, we are currently in the process of mixing and mastering another single and doing a video all at the same time. It should be out sometime in June. Uh, we're, we're thinking every other month, put out another single up leading up to the album itself. Um, we're not sure which song we're going to put out yet. We're currently playing a lot of new songs out live. So, uh, you know, i encourage anyone if we're in your city or even in in your state, travel out, see us perform and, and tell us what your favorite song is.
0: Ashton JT, it's been a blast. It's been a great conversation.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it.
0: Everyone, that is Ashton and JT from the band Native Sons. Check out their single drama on all streaming service services. It's an absolute kick-ass tune. You will enjoy it. As you know, I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Take care of each other. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks.